Life Audio. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast. I am your fill-in host, Barnabas Piper, here in studio, as always, with my good friend, Ronald J. Martin. Ronnie, how are you? Dude, I'm uh, I'm doing all right. Just getting back from our Harbor National Conference, our yearly conference. So, um, man, I'm tired, but I feel good. The whole thing went really, really great. And um, so, yeah, I'm here to uh, chat about some other st- other stuff that we got all queued up. <laughs> we do. We have some very important things queued up. But before we get there, I have a, I have an important question for you. My understanding, uh, based on Instagram photos of um, of shoes and leather bags is that Jared C. Wilson flew out and joined you at this, uh, Harbor network, formerly sojourn conference. Was he, was he present and accounted for how were there shenanigans? Was there much, much, uh, levity and enjoyment? How did all that? I mean, there was a, there was a very small bit of levity enjoyment because I'm, I'm literally like working, I'm working the boards here at these conferences now. So Jared C. was there. We actually brought him out to do a preaching like breakout workshop. So he came out to do that, and I think he did a great job. And then um, I did a, uh, I actually did a plenary sesh, and I'm so glad that Ted isn't here to make fun of me for doing a plenary sesh. But I got to do a plenary <laughs> sesh on the goodness, on the truth of goodness and beauty, and uh, again, which is something Ted would have had a lot of fodder for. Um, but um, yeah, well, he's going to go back and listen. I think he, he listens to the episodes he's not on, probably to make sure we don't make fun of him too which much. We, but which uh, was a so weird, that was a weird discovery, pipe, because we were our listeners should know we were in a text thread the other day, and he basically made a comment about, "Hey, when I went and listened back to the, the episode you guys did, or something like that." And my first response, and I want to know yours, was, "Dude, what are you doing going back and listening to episodes? Like that is so weird to me." Well, I'm not at all surprised that Ted does. I'm. I would be shocked if you made that comment. That like, like heart palpitations. Somebody <laughs> check my medications. Level of shocked. Um, well, pipe. I mean, and, I could, yeah, yeah. And I, I. I mean, I gotta tell. I don't yeah, hold on. <laughs> I have to say this, and there. This is not an exaggeration. Okay, there is not one word of this that's an embellishment. I have never to this day listened to one episode of the Happy Run. To this day, I have never, I've never clicked play on an episode of the rant. So there it is. It's out there. So I, I mean, I can say that in terms of like going back and just listening to an episode, I have gone back and listened to like from an editing perspective, like, you know, somebody will say, Hey, there was a glitch here and I'll go see if it was the same in the file that I downloaded or that's different. Did our, you know, people will be like, Hey, we got, you know, naughty ads and i'll be like hi i wonder which ads i got because usually it's usually it's not that um so yeah i i have listened but not not for enjoyment i why would i do that i I mean i exactly so the question back to big t is why would he do that i don't know so well maybe he finds this very entertaining it's very flattering i I never i did Uh, not even think of it that way i'm gonna i'm gonna receive that like that be happy about that yeah, let's just let's go with that on mm. this Friday afternoon when we could use mm-hmm. a little a little boost. But speaking of advertisements, we should probably take yep. a quick break before we get into our, our hard hitting topics of the day. So let's do that. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith? Hi, this is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Podcast Show. Listen to us weekly as we bring the truth often found in the ivory towers of seminary down to the steeple towers of local church. 
Join me along with many of the nation's top theologians as we offer answers to life's tough questions from an apologetic perspective. Subscribe to the show at lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. All right, we are back uh, from a delightful advertisement break of probably three of the same ads promoting, I don't know, online language learning or something like that. (laughs) Which leads us to our first topic of the day, which is apparently Jesus needs a really good PR campaign uh, because we haven't been doing a good enough job on this podcast for the last... (laughs) um, you know, nine years or in our respective I, I churches we or universities. I really did think we were pulling it I know. off. I mean, I don't know. You know, maybe if we had gotten some portion of this hundred million dollars, we would have done a better Probably. job. But there is a, there's a, so there's a campaign. Uh, there's a Washington Post article out uh, about a hundred million dollar, essentially PR campaign to give Jesus image a facelift, or as they put it, aiming to redeem Jesus's brand. I didn't know he had one uh, from the damage done by some of his followers. Uh, so it's there's billboards, there's there's viral videos, there's all this stuff. It's funded by some group called Signatory, which is a Christian foundation in Kansas, and then it's all going to lead up to. Um, it's all going to lead up to a Super Bowl ad, apparently. I stumbled across this because I had heard rumors of this. And then uh, one of our listeners sent me a link to an online store, which is part of this campaign, where you can get like free T-shirts by doing acts of kindness. Wow. So, okay. you know, giving to poor people, forgiving somebody. Essentially, you get you get perks for being a decent Christian person yeah. uh, is kind of the way that plays out. So I'm just going to put all that out there in front of you and go, thoughts? <laughs> thoughts, Ronnie? Well, okay. So I, I don't know. I, these are all going to be hot takey, but, you know, isn't – it seems like one of the things that, um, you know, I mean, if they're claiming that Jesus needs a facelift because his followers have done so much damage, I mean, not to get to the end before the beginning, but could this be one of those things that needs a facelift that we need to be doing some – facelifting itself from is people throwing out a hundred million dollars in ad campaigns to make Jesus look better. I mean, not to, not to be too on the chin about it, but um, um, this sounds like something that, um, that needs a facelift, right? Because um, I mean, I think on the, I mean, on the lowest common denominator level, I think you and I would say that um, our attempts to give Jesus a a facelift are pretty, pretty bad. Um, Pretty, pretty pathetic and um no yeah. no amount of money no you know no amount of money in ad campaigning is really going to do what i think scripture is um really leading us to do in terms of being reflections of christ i mean i'm not saying that i'm not saying that they're wrong in the sense that 
Hey, you know, the, the bride of Christ does a lot to stain the name of Christ. I mean, certainly that's accounted for in scripture as well, but I don't know that, um, throwing out an ad campaign, um, and offering money for, for uh, random acts of kindness and good deeds is, 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 is if that's the way of giving Jesus a facelift, right? Yeah, it, it I mean, I don't, I, I'm not really struggling with this concept. I think it's a terrible idea. Um, I am struggling with kind of how to parse it out to say, like, here's why it's a bad idea. Because it, except, and I think you put your finger on it, it might just boil down to, you know, let not your good works be done before men. You know, that yeah. that whole idea, which is which is kind of a summary of a couple things Pretty Jesus clear said, too. you know, where Pretty he talks clear, about praying. You know? praying and fasting and and being generous and this is like when you're when you're advertising your goodness it it's actually unchristian right like am i am i misreading that in scripture is is you know i'm a i'm a junior man of the cloth compared to you so <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going to defer to your to your seniority and your almost doctrineness. Like, am I, I don't misreading think you're misreading that? it? I I don't. You know, okay. I don't. Gosh, yeah. I mean, the the problem with, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to go. You know, I, I haven't read everything there is to read about this campaign, so I I don't know. There there could be a heart behind it that is that is genuinely concerned. And, you know, again, we're living in a world where we do advertise, we do have social media, we do, you know, we have a different way of getting messaging out. So I don't know, blah, 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 all that stuff. But there's just something that feels fundamentally opposed to exactly what you just laid out from scripture, which is, hey, do your, don't do your, you know, if you do your good deeds before men in a way that is public, um, like you've, that is the reward that you gain because again, the motive or the heart behind it was that you were to be seen rather than all the glory going to the Lord for the, maybe the person or the people that were helped, um, from the deed itself. Right. And so, gosh, it just, it, it just feels like one of those things that like not even in 10 years, we're going to look back on and go, remember that crazy campaign that they did? You know, it's like. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's going to be like, it's going to be in the top 10 list of one of those nutty things that happened that actually did the opposite of giving Jesus a facelift, you know? Yeah, I guess. And I, I realize that, I mean, you and I are professional Christians in some sense, which is a, a sentence that should make us both want to go like scrub off with Brillo pads. But um, it has it ever gone well when like commerce and marketing strategies merge with uh, Christianity and like genuine Christianity. To, to me, to me, w- one of those always wins out, and it's usually not you know the name of Jesus, which is the very thing in this yeah. case that is supposed to be uh, spruced up a bit. Yeah, I, gosh, I mean, yeah, that seems really basic to me. Uh, just the, the way <laughs> the way you just laid that out, um, that seems unarguable to me. But, um, yeah, the, the, the idea that one side always wins out. In other words, like, how does this, how does somebody contributing a hundred million dollars to running ads about how great Jesus is not, I mean, I I don't know how that, I don't know in essence how that, how that changes the reputation of Jesus or that it removes, um, some of the, you know, some of the false characterizations that we all do as Christians because we sin on a daily basis and we don't represent Jesus very well. I don't know how that campaign is necessarily go- going to reverse that. To me, again, I'm just going to keep going back to this. I just feel like it kind of adds to that in some interesting way. I don't know. Yeah. 
what what this screams to me i mean this is this is like this this is the worst of american wealth at work and sort of the wealthy american mindset it what it screams to me what this looks like to me is you know there there's sort of the uh this the you know you got a divorced couple and dad has the kids every other weekend kind of thing and he's constantly trying to make up for his absence by buying the kids stuff this this is this is the this is the american church trying to make up for our failures with jesus by by buying him stuff here, here, uh, we, we're doing a bad job being Christian. So here's a t-shirt. Uh, here, here's some billboards. Here's some videos. It, that's Dude, what it feels that. like to me where you look yeah. at it and you're like, look, I understand you, 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 you want to love those kids or in this case that Jesus, that that's not what they're looking for. They, they, they genuinely just want your life. That's the, that's the, that's what they want. They don't need all the I money know, and stuff. I know. It, I, that's such a great point pipe. Like, I, I think that's such a great analogy, but it just, it just like I feel like scripture just it just flies in the face of scripture, which is just you know like it you know I, I mean it's 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 these unseen acts of of kindness. It's giving the person the glass of water that is thirsty. It's clothing the person that needs clothing. It's loving our enemies. It's living a quiet life. It's doing all of these things that the world never sees that in fact mimic the life of of Jesus. That wasn't seeking attention or uh, applause or praise i mean those are the acts that indeed like change the world and you know gosh i mean sometimes god uses people with a lot of money to do things that can help that process too right i mean on a global scale on a national scale so it's not it's not just because somebody has a large amount of money and wants to wants to do something good i mean that can be a great thing too it just feels like this is a weird way to channel those kinds of dollars. Yeah. It seems like these dollars like, could go to something that would actually like do some legitimate good, right? Yeah, there's, there's. I mean, neither of us. I don't. Yeah, neither of us are saying having a hundred million dollars and wanting to use it for Christ is bad. What we're saying is this is not how you use it for Christ. <laughs> like there are there are there are missions organizations there are crisis pregnancy yeah. centers there are people working in in underprivileged areas doing like job creation and and caring for those in need in the name of Christ there are churches that are about to close their doors like i mean you and i could probably find off the top of our heads 50 oh, ways uh, yeah. to to put this money to work Absolutely. that would that would transform lives and communities and what we get is viral videos and billboards and t-shirts instead and good yeah it well and i think it it just seems like a total waste you wonder i mean again not knowing the people behind it and not wanting to be unkind in that way right i don't want to speak beyond what my my level of knowledge is at but just it makes you wonder like somebody that comes up with an idea like this and it's never just one person it's a team it's a whatever you know it's a it's an organization like what what like what what do they benefit from this like maybe you know that like what what do they get from this is what i would <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know i mean i yeah the i'm i'm cynical enough to always say well follow the money yeah, like yeah. there there's some somebody's profiting off this right i and if not like and if it's just an act of generosity you go good that's great yeah. but also public generosity is there's a twistedness to that. And I have a question for you about that, but let's take another quick break. And then I have a, I have a question about public yeah. generosity. So let's, let's break for another ad. 
Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com. Okay, so my question about public generosity or public kindness, you know, so this is this is a whole PR campaign that we've been talking yeah. about. But there's like a whole there's a whole trend of this stuff. And, you know, and it's not explicitly Christian. It's just sort of social media across the board where people do things like, hey, I just, you know, we just we wanted to bless a, a, a waiter, a waitress. So we left them a thousand dollar tip here. Watch their reaction. And there's this viral video or, you know the video of of like bringing out muffins to the garbage man or whatever it is. All of those strike a dissonant chord with me, as does this PR campaign, because even if the, the act itself is kind, the, the publicizing of it, which is supposed to be inspirational, really, I mean, it just it just seems self-aggrandizing to me. Am I missing? Am I like? Is, yeah. Am I getting that wrong? I mean, I don't think so because I, I think it goes back to I think it goes back to what we were fundamentally talking about before, which is like don't let your deeds be seen before before men. And I guess the temptation is like we it, it's that's what's so it goes it it really is like a flesh against spirit battle, right? Because we we want people to see the good things that we do. Our flesh is so drawn to that, right? It's so, it's so drawn to our good deeds being celebritized. Like we just, you know, there's a part of us that's always going to want that to get some acknowledgement for something good that we did. We feel like that's the justification. Like it's not enough that the, the invisible God that we worship, it's not enough for him to approve. It's just so much better to get clicks and to get people that admire us for doing something selfless. And so I, I just, I just think it's so easy to slide back into that or because we have like because we have the medium of social media and we can justify it by saying and be inspired to do this yourself as you watch me do it. Like we can find all kinds of different ways, I think, to justify those things. And then and then before we know it, <laughs> yes. it's like we for, like that passage that 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 passage is so radical, you know, from Jesus. And it's like it's so easy to bypass it, you know. Yeah, it. I we we absolutely can find ways to justify it, but man, does it take some like some serious like two stepping <laughs> around what Jesus said? You know, just a total Fred Astaire tap dance routine a- around the you know do not do your good works for men. You know, he's <laughs> just speaking directly to the motivation. Which let me ask you this, and this this might be just a too philosophical of a question, but yeah, you know, whatever, let's go, go for it. it. Uh, if you do something kind you, with the intention of being seen, is it kind or are you using that person? Um, I think there's probably some nuance in that. Like some of the kind things we do are going to, by the nature of the act of kindness, are going to be done in an, done with an audience or with a group of people. And I think, again, I think it's down to, you know, it's hard to say what's going on in the person's heart, but so again, to add a little bit of nuance to it, I mean, certainly there are acts of kindness done where people see, but the person that's doing it is not doing it for that intent and purpose. It's just the nature of the act. But I think what what you're describing is something that could be done without, you know, the, the waking world, you know, um, just sort of, you know, in, in the, in, you know, on the front aisle kind of gazing in, um, I think, 
I think if it's something that we could just do and it could be anonymous and it could bless a person, um, I, I really do think we have to avoid the temptation of wanting to be seen and just thanking the Lord that he gives us an opportunity to help somebody and then remembering that him seeing us is the best for us because it's not something that enlarges our heart back towards ourselves rather than towards the Lord. And so it's so tricky, man. I, it's, it's such a, it's such a tr- horribly tricky thing, I think, you know? Yeah. And I guess my, my, I think there's a significant difference between a, an act that has a de- a good outcome for the other person and something that's genuinely kind because kindness is a posture towards yeah. people. Like it's yeah. a, it, it is a, a, des- a desire for their best and if your motivation is self-aggrandizing, you know, because this we're, this is going to go viral, and if you call it inspirational, uh, I'm just calling BS on you right now. Like you're not doing that primarily to inspire other people. There is a big portion of you that simply wants the praises for doing a nice thing. You want it, you want the adulation. Kindness is I want that person to be doing well, which means if nobody sees it, it doesn't matter because your father in heaven who sees in secret, like who is he sees that that's what Jesus told us. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I was, I, I I might've overstated this. I do that on occasion, (laughs) as you may have picked up. I, I I may have overstated this to, to Lauren recently, but I kind of just, I like, I tossed my phone on the couch and I was just like, I, I think the worst thing on the internet right now is people doing nice things to make themselves look better. It, it gets under my skin so much. I'm like, I, you know, people can rage about politics. I don't think that's the worst thing on the internet. That's just people showing their true colors. This other stuff, this is just a lie. That's what it feels like to me. It's just people so lying. You're just seeing like a, because, hold on, man. So you're, you're seeing like, you're just kind of, you're seeing like a kind of an explosion of this right now. I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think of oh, something yeah. I've seen that's like kind of fallen into this category. Like, give me a couple examples. Well, there are, I mean, there are whole, there are whole like Instagram accounts. Uh, and I'm sure it's on TikTok and whatever. I'm not on TikTok. I'm old. Um, and where the entire thing is like, it's like, you know, internet kindness, internet, uh, whatever. Okay, okay. And so it's all video captures of people doing nice things for other people, which when you describe it like that, it sounds like a good thing, except that it's not like, I just happened to capture this sweet moment between these two right, children yeah. or whatever. Like those, you can tell when it's, when it's not, uh, yeah. set up when, you know, when it's not scripted or set up, but when it's like the, you know, <laughs> they show like the cash and they're like, this is going to end up in the hands of some lucky wait staff person today. Cause they won't use, uh, you know, they won't use pronouns. Uh, and then, and then they, you know, and then they, there's this whole setup and there's, they find out they're like, all right, so this one, she's struggling to pay off her, her, uh, student debt. And so we're going to, we're going to bless her with a thousand dollars. And, you know, they do that. It's that kind of stuff constantly. And so, except, except it's found its way into like where people just do this, you know, people just do this on their own. They, they just, they sort of video themselves doing stuff or they're like, Hey followers, let's jump on board and do this kind of thing. And there's, so there's this, it's like whole, a new, it's like a new, it's like a, it, it's become a branding thing. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And, and like that, you know, it, it's really hard to be like, stop doing this <laughs> because, because yeah, if you have a spare thousand dollars and you can bless a broke college student, who's just like scraping together, 
that's an awesome thing yeah. to do. Just don't video yeah. and it. By the way, that doesn't sound you know, like bad to me right now at all, Pipe. I mean, if they if they want to take all the acclaim for you know paying off my uh, my uh, my Midwestern loans, that's hey, you know, we're all in on that. But um, yeah, no, okay. So I'm here. So I think I'm getting what you're saying. What's so funny is that the person that's being blessed is still being blessed. It's really just it's really just the the heart of the giver that we're kind of talking about right now. That's interesting. Yeah, and. I mean, on the on the on the scales of goodness, if more people do more, you know, giving yeah. things, it's it's good. But in the grand scheme of things, like if they're always doing it for selfish motives, then it's not good. I got my I got into a big argument with somebody a while back um, where I I I basically uh, crapped all over some of like the the like the celebrity adoptions. Because okay. um, I was like, that, because it felt like a PR move. I mean, we were talking several years ago and it kind of became a thing. You know, Angelina Jolie adopting you know, an, an entire African country or whatever. Right. Um, and and I was like, that, I was like, that's not done out of love. That's done out of self-love. That's done out of, but again, that's it's, it's probably not black and white, morally right. speaking. It, but that but i but i have the same sensation there where i'm like that is done so that you look good or so that it's sort of self justification by generosity like i'm it's still it's still a an earning mindset you know i'm going to i'm going to my generosity is going to earn me credit is going to earn me the, the smile of god is going to do yeah, whatever rather than yeah. i'm just doing this out of out of pure a pure heart and what's pure so love what's so interesting is that when you what's what strikes me interesting like going back to those passages in the new testament is it's so it's it i think it's incredibly interesting that the lord didn't say you know what i don't care how you do it just give like it's funny that he was so nuanced with it and it wasn't just hey I know your heart is never going to be pure and it's going to be all mucked up. And, um, there's so much, there's so much still flesh in you, you know, before glory. Um, so just give because at least the person, the recipient is benefiting, but he like went out of his way to say, no, it actually matters what's going on in the heart of the giver. Um, not just the person that whether your heart's pure or not receives the gift and benefits from it, but it's funny how much emphasis he put on the heart of the giver. That's really interesting. Yeah, the I mean the the Bible goes out of its way not to say the ends justifies exactly, the means. Right, that's a better way to say it. Yeah. Like it, 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 in 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 just about any context. Now there are places where you look at it and you're like, those means don't seem like they were the best way to get to that end. That's that's because God can redeem things, but that's not the same thing as like let's make God redeem everything, you know, on purpose. <laughs> and yeah, it's. <laughs> So I, yeah, I, I'm sure we could go on and on about this. We're, we're just turning into the angry rant, or at least I am now. Um, let's take a quick break. And then I have one more topic uh, to throw at right. you. Uh, as long as we're going after stuff that will make people mad, I really want to get into this one with you as well. But let's take a break. 
Everyone wants to change the world. Capital Ministries is doing just that, one heart at a time by creating disciples of Jesus Christ among political leaders in the U.S. and foreign nations. For more than 25 years, founder Ralph Drawlinger has written Bible studies specifically for public servants. Study along with us and learn what the Bible says about capitalism, communism, abortion, same-sex marriage, and other contemporary issues. Subscribe and follow us at lifeaudio.com or search Capital Ministries on your favorite podcast platform. All right. The uh, the last topic that people can get incensed at and send all their hate mail to Ted uh, is this. Is is the rise in people going to therapy because of a failing in the church? Oh, wow. So that's my that's my question for you. And it came up because two, two different things. One is an observation on my part, and another is an article that I ran across. The article was, was uh, it included some interviews with a number of therapists uh, who made the observation that there's a ton of people who are going to therapy, so like counseling, uh, now simply to work on themselves. So sort of a, a self-betterment yeah, type yeah. of thing. They don't have an aim in mind. They're not working on a particular problem. It's not, you know, it's not trauma. It's not divorce. It's not a crisis. It's just, I just want to better myself. And basically the therapists are like, we can't work this way because there's not an objective. There's no way to measure progress. And, uh, it, it, you know, and I'm, I'm not here to just meet with you every week to chit chat about life. Interesting. And then the observation, the observation that I've made is and especially maybe this is unique to certain kinds of places. Nashville has a ton of, you know, young professionals who have moved from elsewhere, pretty lonely people. Um and there's a there's a it's a really therapeutic culture here and I think a ton of it just has to do with the fact that people don't have friends and so they go pay a therapist to talk through the complicated parts of life. So the the kind of thing that normally you would text a friend and be like, "Let's get coffee, let's get drinks." You know, and so you go spend somewhere between fifteen and fifty dollars. You're now going to spend two hundred dollars and tell it to a therapist and expect them to fix you. So all that yeah. is is what brought the question up. And the, and and so the question that I have for you is 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 a lot of this because the church either either the church is failing or people are not looking to the church for that stuff. But it, it seems to me that the church should be the context where most of this stuff is worked out. Yeah, I would say um I would say it's pretty nuanced. Um let me say this too as a little bit of a plug. Um it's interesting because John Stark uh just uh just preached a really fantastic message kind of dealing with a little bit of what you're talking about pipe at our conference. And so anybody that wants to go to harbornetwork.com and about well by the time this comes out those conference talks should be up there and it's really fantastic. And it kind of he kind of nuances some of the some of the therapy stuff that you're driving at. It was really good because he's a really researched kind of a guy. I think um, you know what limited knowledge I have on on matters like this. Um, I I think I think there's probably a little bit of both. I think going on. I I think certainly the church, you know, is as much as the. As much as the church is able to, I think on certain levels, able to deal with some of the things that people are going through, I think that in in some cases there are some, you know, there's specialization that's needed. And so I think therapy can be helpful, especially in the areas of trauma and things of that nature that, that probably most staff people at a church just aren't equipped to deal with. So I right. think on those levels, I think 
I mean, I would be somebody that would not be the end. I would not be part of the anti-therapy crowd. I would say, no, I think, I think there can be, you know, like for instance, you know, like counselors that are not just biblical counselors, but they're also trauma informed. They've been, they've been kind of trained in some therapeutic things that can really help. I think that's awesome. I think that's really helpful. Um, so I think, I, I think that can be a necessary and a helpful thing when it's needed. I think in terms of what you're kind of drilling down on specifically, um, there, there could be some, there could be some truth to that. Like the, the I, I'd never thought of it like that, that people, and maybe that's a, maybe that's some sort of like trend that, that gets talked about that I'm unaware of, but people, people just going to therapy because they're, they just want someone to hear them, listen to them. Um, they're lonely. They're not connecting socially in ways due to all the, the way the world works now with social media and and all of those types of things. Um, I I don't think I'd want to draw it out to say that the church has failed. That's why this is happening. Um, is the church doing as much as it as it could do to kind of address the state of our our hearts given the context, the cultural context we're in? I, I mean. You know the, the churches. Some churches, some pastors are are trying to do that. You know, but we're but we're cut, we're we're in a particular, I think, uh, environment um, that we're we're learning new things and the, and things change so rapidly. It, it's in some ways it, it it's hard to know if we're really addressing people's needs. And when they have something as easy as sitting down with a therapist who they're paying, um, unlike a pastor who you know, they're, they're not paying to sit down with who might not be able to specialize in some of the help they need. And who also, you know, doesn't have unlimited time to sit down with them for the next like five years. So there's, I don't know, I'm, I'm rambling on here, but I, I'm kind of moving in all different directions with this. So I don't know, take something from that and, and riff on it. I don't, I don't know. Well, I mean, yeah, I'll start by saying, I, I, I appreciate that the way you the way you brought it around to the specifics of the question because what i didn't want to say was you know therapy is sure uh, for sure i wasn't Uh, hearing that either yeah the the uh i'm talking about the like the dependence on therapy to do stuff that probably ought to live in another part of life you know if you've been through a profound crisis if you're struggling with significant mental health things like if you're you know if if you're in a really bad relational situation um trained professional therapists are that's what they that's what they do yeah and as a pastor, I refer people to counselors yeah, often uh, to to do stuff that's that's out of the that's out of the depth of of what we can offer. Either because of like what you said, regularity, like it's hard to be available once a week for ninety minutes or sixty minutes or whatever for everybody um, or for anybody. Yeah. Um, and so, but. The flip side, and honestly, I'm not even talking about pastor versus therapist here as much as I think there are a ton of, I think there are a ton of instances where people go to therapy for stuff that should exist in the realm of just good friendship. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I mean, I just, I was just, I was just talking with a friend recently um, and it was a situation where there's, there's a marital strain going on and and they and a lot of what they have been talking with therapists about is the kind of stuff that I'm like that you call friends about that you call a good christian friend and you're just like hey talk talk me off a ledge or hey i'm i'm not sure i'm thinking right about this and they, and they 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 encourage you they they pray with you they put you back in the game and they're like all right you can do this you know hang in there that kind of stuff and and so there's just a like 
that when I say the church is failing, I don't mean like let's all let's all throw stones at the church cumulatively as much as is is there a is the community within the church such that people are like, I'm not getting meaningful, like I don't have meaningful relationships there. I have to go, uh, I have to go pay a professional to be my friend. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, instead of like, yeah, I have people I can turn to. Yeah, I think that's a great question, to be honest with you. And I would say that I think for a lot of people, the level uh, to go to a therapist, um, they might feel like the level of vulnerability that, that, that is required to, you know, find a friend or find somebody at the church who can listen to what I'm going through, you know, hear what I have to say, I, you know, things that are happening in my life that would re- that have surfaced that that really need to get out. I need to get some wisdom on. I mean, that takes a level of vulnerability and risk because, um, you know, it's you know, when you go to a therapist, there's that confidentiality there, and I and I don't know that. I don't know that people, there isn't a little bit of fear in that with, you know, another like fellow member of your church or even with a a pastor. So I think, I think, you know, when you're paying somebody to listen to you, a therapist, there, there is that sort of professional level of confidentiality that maybe makes people, um, just more secure in, in, um, in expressing what's going on in their lives. I think that could be a thing. I think the other, you know, I think a part of that too is, um, I think we're we're very aware now. I mean, this this could be a really good thing too, or this is a good thing. We're we're a little aware now um, because of what's been written and the types of articles and books that have come out in recent years. We're aware that we got stuff in our lives that is not good to keep trapped down. And so, as we as we as we continue to become better educated and gain more knowledge about those things, um, knowing what to do and the best way to unpack those things. I think the church is facing some dilemmas with how do we do this? Because like for, I think for us, it's probably like you pipe at your churches. We, we sit down with people, we have conversations where we listen. And sometimes we have a few of those conversations and the person says, you know, I really, I really feel helped. And I really feel like, you know, you guided me down a path and I'm kind of, some things were surfaced and I really feel like I want to, I want to kind of lean into some of the things you suggested. I feel good now. Other people, we get three or four, uh, you know, maybe counseling sessions in, and I realize, hey, I really want to refer you to someone because I feel like um, we've kind of hit our limitation now because there's some deep things there that I think are going to take some time. And then that's like what you said earlier. That's when you refer someone out because you've, re- you know, it's above your pay grade at that point, for lack of a better word. Yeah. So, yeah. What it, and I think. Maybe maybe it's a cultural thing to so. you know kind of kind of lo- local yeah. culture, but we like in our church you know we 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 strive for a, a culture of honesty yeah. you know and 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 that means a culture of safety where it's safe to be honest. But when people are having marital issues, when people are having you know significant issues of, of you know kind of dealing with spiritual depression and things like that, the instinct is. I need a counselor, not, hey, can I get an hour of your yeah. time, pastor? Yeah, yeah. Which is weird to me because I'm like, this is literally what I do. <laughs> right. And what and what the other pastors do, like, we are we are we experts? No. But what we are is called and committed to and trained to be spiritual guides for people. And most of the issues that we're I'm talking about have a, a primarily spiritual component. Um and and so there's a sense of like yeah I can we I can probably help you a lot 
through using the word of God. And then if we reach a point where there's something beyond that, like, okay, now we're into some deep waters here. Let me, let me put you in the trustworthy hands of a, of a, a trained counseling professional to deal with those, those, those further things. But people's instinct isn't, let me talk to a friend or let me talk to a pastor it's it's let me pay a therapist. Yeah, and I wonder if that's just you know that 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 causes me to to ask this question too. It makes me wonder if um, because therapy has become so widespread now, and because it's not a shameful thing to say I'm going to therapy anymore. In other words, it's just a therapy is like part of it. It's almost a virtuous. It can thing. be a virtuous thing because you're not trying to deny your issues and you you're acknowledging that like, hey, I just I got some stuff and I need some help. I also wonder, though, you know, um, and this is just a, this is kind of a stream of consciousness kind of a thought slash question, but I wonder too that when people think of therapy, if they think of it as something um, that will help fix them, and when they think of pastoral counseling, they almost have the impression that it's something that is going to um, it, it's something that it's something that's going to be like, Hey, I, I kind of have a sense where I know where the pastor is going to take me. He's going to bring me back to God's word. He's going to tell me I need to pray, to wait, to be patient, to repent. And I've heard all that. What I really want is someone to give me some practical positive steps, um, so that I can kind of get to work on myself, you know? And I, yeah. I wonder, I, you know, and again, plenty of pastors do that too, but I wonder if, I wonder if just, I wonder if that's one thing that maybe pastors have lost a little footing in, um, because again, therapy actually kind of gives you some, kind of gives you some steps, you know? Yeah, it, I, that's true. And I, I think that's, I think that's definitely true. It, and I, and I think it's probably something that a lot of pastors in the past could have been better at because they really, I mean, read the Bible and pray is the foundation for, you know, all wisdom, but also it it is not a clear step on like, what are practical ways I can love my wife right, better? Yeah. And and a wise pastor can actually be like, hey, let's, let's talk through conflict resolution yeah. or uh, arrogance or selfishness or whatever, and actually address some of those things. The the thing that I see that's the most discouraging about this and, and concerning to me is, and I had... It, a, a friend recently mentioned this about he was talking to somebody and he asked him, Hey, do you ever, like, do you have people you can confess your sins oh, to? Yeah, yeah. And that person told them, well, it comes up sometimes in therapy. Oh, okay. And so what we have is the detachment of one of the fundamental aspects of sanctification of uh, discipleship being outsourced, not even to Christians. In all of these, I mean, because a lot of these therapists are not Christians. Yeah. They, they might be wise, they might be skilled, but not yeah. Christian. And so it, what we've, we've taken this really foundational thing of, I need to con- you know, confess your sins one to another, as James says, and, 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 and have outsourced it. So church is a place where that doesn't happen. Those relationships don't exist. They don't get fostered. Trust doesn't get built. And so honesty and vulnerability, like you said, it lives in a place that has sort of a defined it's like a defined emotional bubble. We go in there, we dump our mess, we come back out. Except that we don't like, that doesn't actually resolve anything sin-wise. Right. Yeah. It's not resolved with the Lord, it's not resolved with, with your fellow church members and your, your fellow Christians. So that's that's the area that I look at and I go when when therapy 
has replaced those fundamental aspects of the church, the gospel doesn't have a way in. No, anymore. I think that's super wise, Pipe. And honestly, we have a, I have a couple of friends of mine, Robert and Karen Chong, who have a ministry called Restore, and they, um, they, they're the big thing with that. They're doing what you're talking about, which is, hey, how do we equip and empower and empower people in the church to do what you're talking about, which is to walk with other people. Um, instead, again, they're they're not saying you know you should never go to counseling or therapy, but they're saying, are we are we are we just are we throwing people are, are we are we sort of moving people in that direction like way 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 too fast and way too often? Which in reality, you know, this is supposed to be this is supposed to be the body of Christ ministering to the body of Christ and and walking through painful things, confessing sin to one another, encouraging, building up, equipping. And so their argument would be kind of what you're talking about, which is, hey, there's a place for all of these things, but the first place that we want to start is in the local body, because it, they, what they would say is people, you, God, God raises up people in the local body to be those people that can help somebody walk through painful things in their life, you know, be that, that safe person to repent repent sin to and we have just maybe bypassed that because it's actually way easier to just go hey here's a referral go talk to that person yeah and it is absolutely yeah i mean it's it we 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 treat our spiritual and emotional lives the same way we do like car maintenance or plumbing or whatever like you know i could i could reach out to a friend and be like hey do you know anything about carburetors or whatever and and they'd be like yeah i can help you figure that out and it'd be messy and it would take half a day and and, you know, might be a good experience and it might fix the car. Or I could just take the car to a mechanic <laughs> and probably get overcharged, but whatever, it's going to get fixed. And and we do the same thing with with our spiritual lives where it's like, well, I'm just I'm just going to take this to the professional instead of doing the messier yeah. thing, except that, that that this isn't a mechanical problem. And so like m- messy is kind of the nature of it. I mean, I think who was it? Paul Tripp and Tim Lane wrote that book, Relationships and Mess Worth Making, yeah. um, which has always had a horrendous cover. It's the one of the worst <laughs> covered books, but it's a really phenomenal book about the necessity of the risk of genuine Christian relationships. Yeah, and I think that's so true. I think that I think I, and I think you just kind of I, I think you just nailed it right there, which is um, the mess is worth it because out of that mess um, is is where is where some of that fruit, that slow, slow, slow growing fruit uh, begins to, you know, get produced in the life of a believer. It, it, it happens through us not always having the answer and, and saying, Hey, I'm not, I'm not sure how this works. I don't even know how this works out in my own life. Why don't, why don't we pray about it? Talk about it. Why don't we fight through it together? Why don't we use wisdom together? Why don't we go to God's word together? Why don't we, why don't we like physically step in and help each other when, when that would be beneficial and helpful to one another? Because you're not just, you're not just getting a, a once a week or a twice a month appointment. You're, you're actually, and I think it goes back to your original point. If I'm willing to step into the mess with you, you're actually gaining a friend in the midst of all the things that you're facing. Yeah. Yeah, somebody somebody you get to count on and not pay two hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, I mean, I might be somebody's friend for two hundred dollars an hour, but I don't start there. Like that's well, not my, pipe. That's there's there's my... a campaign going on right now that if you want to be someone's <laughs> friend, they, I think they're going to pay you two hundred dollars an hour to do that. I can, I'll at least get a t shirt out of it, right? If I'm somebody's Absolutely. friend, I, okay. <laughs> All right, 
but but also and and as is the case with every good dealer the first one's free right. so i'll you know first friend interaction free after, after that after that the price goes up an hour that's how it goes that's right all right man well this has been good uh, i i i think well i i've had i've had a good time um it's been good for me it's yeah, been working it's been it a out wonderful man. Friday we're working afternoon. out our therapy on the, online you know here we are that's right we really we really i, I feel like i'm in a better <laughs> place now uh, listeners, thanks so much for bearing with us and suffering through my my hosting inadequacy. Uh, visit our website, thehappyrant.com. You can find uh, all sorts of swag stuff there. We've got t-shirts uh, that you actually have to pay money for. Not uh, you don't you don't get them for uh, being being a hugger or whatever. So, uh, but also cool t-shirts. So go check those out. We've got notebooks. There's bags. There's a bunch of stuff there. You can we check out past too, episodes. You should probably tell them about that. We I, we did we we did write a book that's burying the lead. It's it's called uh, you'll never guess this listeners. It's called the Happy Rant, and it can be found wherever you buy books. Uh, if you've bought it and read it and have thoughts about it, we would love ratings and reviews wherever you bought it. Those are helpful, and it helps other people see uh, that that it's decent or that it's entertaining or that you hate it. And honestly, one star reviews are amusing too. So feel free to leave some of those if if uh, if the spirit leads you. Uh, but Ronnie, yeah, thanks man. for doing this. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. And until next time. We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, do you trust me? Because together we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.